Hello and welcome into the 100th episode of the Esports Network podcast. As I hope you figured out by now, I'm your host, Mitch Dreams. And for this ceremonial episode, we had to bring out the big guns. I'm talking to Ian Wyatt, but you probably know him as Enable. He's one of the veterans of Western Esports. Enable won major tournaments in Halo and Call of Duty. And he's been a key part of many of the most storied North American franchises like Optic Gaming, FaZe Clan, Evil Geniuses, and 100 Thieves. He now plays for the Seattle Surge in the CDL, who will be hosting the team's home series this weekend, May 22nd to the 24th, live on youtube.com slash codleague. Enable, thanks for joining the show. Thank you. I'll tell you what, that might have been the best introduction I've ever had, so I appreciate that. I got it down. After 100 episodes, I finally Uh, figured it out. That was fantastic, my man. I'm uh, glad to be here, though. Really excited to talk to Enable. A lot of interesting things in the Call of Duty world right now. We're going to be talking about recent changes to the champ structure, adding in four new teams, the absolute absurd momentum behind Warzone and the CDL, adding in a Warzone event in the upcoming Seattle homestand, and some of the recent transitions from the CWL to the CDL this past year, from Twitch to YouTube, and to playing at home due to the coronavirus. So I think everyone's sick of talking about the coronavirus. I think our listeners are sick of hearing about it, but we got to get it out of the way. You'd be playing in Seattle this week in front of a packed crowd. How can you make this experience special for fans in Seattle, even when you can't be there in person? Um, well, you know, I think the biggest thing for me and the team is just to go out there and, and win the homestand, you know, since we can't be there in person. I know we've had fans that have been supporting us since the beginning of the year and things haven't panned out as well as we would have liked them to. But so we have the ability now with our own homestand to really go out there and show how much we've improved and, you know, bring home a championship, bring home a first championship for the Seattle Surge fans. So I think that's the best way we can do it while we can't be there in person. Absolutely. Delivering the results is the best way to do it. I talked to Silly a few weeks back about this transition to online play. And, you know, it's not been easy for anyone, but esports fans have at least been able to continue to compete, which has been nice. And Mm -hmm. I asked him if he thought that the transition to online favored veterans who are used to competing in big tournaments online back in the history of esports. But he said he actually thought the rookies had an advantage because they're so used to playing online recently. As another longtime veteran who had played a lot of competitions online over the years, do you agree with his take, or does it feel like a return to your roots as a pro and almost natural in some weird way? I mean, I definitely would agree with Silly. You know, like you said, I've been doing this for a long time now. So I feel like as a veteran, I'm more comfortable playing in front of a live audience, you know, having the lights on you, just being in that overall environment, hearing the crowd, like hearing the screaming. Um, compared to some of these newer, you know, players that are, you know, it's their first year in the league or maybe even second year in the league. Um, and I feel like, you know, the younger players might have an advantage because people don't take into account how different it is when you're, you know, in person and, and there's, you have the nerves, you know, you have the screaming, you can hear it all. Uh, you're not in the comfort of your own home. Right. So like, when you're playing at your house, realistically, you're not thinking about anything else because that's what you do every day. And for a lot of young players, they have that issue in, in the beginning of their career when the events are run on land where, you know, they get the, the jitters, the, the nervousness, um, the uncomfortability. 
So I definitely would say that it benefits them more than the veterans because we just have that experience that they don't really have of of playing, you know, in person. Um, so it's not much different for a veteran, I wouldn't say, but definitely give the edge to the younger guys. Yeah, it's a big part of what goes into being a veteran is being able to harness that nervousness that comes with being on stage, the crowd energy. And that's something that takes a while to get used to. But then once you get it down, I think you can start harnessing that energy and really starting to play better. So Mm -hmm. it's got to be a little bit of a weird transition to not have a screaming crowd. Anybody who's been to a Call of Duty event knows the crowd is just absolutely insane, especially when a longtime veteran like you is on the stage. Uh, because there's so much history that goes into that. So it's got to be a little bit of a weird transition not having all the people screaming in support. Definitely. I mean, it's like I said, I feel like since I've been doing it for so long, that's my comfort zone. You know what I mean? Like, it's not even with me being in my own house, in my own bedroom. Like, I feel more comfortable being up there just because I've done it so many times uh, in the past decade. Like, that's where I like playing more than from the comfort of my own house. Definitely, definitely. So looking at the CDL, now we're done talking about that. Thank the Lord. We can we can move on a little bit. This week, the league announced that they'd be changing the playoff format. And you're bringing in all 12 teams in from the original eight. And that's something that a lot of sports leagues are looking at. You know, this has really affected a lot of different events. A lot of events have had to be canceled, postponed. It changes the competitive environment, as we were just talking about. And so a lot of sports leagues are looking at expanded playoff structures. And also before the season, you know, the CDL has been open to some pretty interesting changes. There was a change in the actual format of the weekend events, bringing in a more tournament style, which is more familiar to Call of Duty fans. When the CDL makes changes like this, expanding the playoff format, changing the structures of the events, are players a a big part of the process as these changes are made? Um... I mean, I, I don't know if I would say they're a big part, but I know that there is input, you know, from uh, like a, a, a team rep. Um, so like one player on each team when it comes down to these changes, because, you know, CDL, especially with everything that's happening, you know, recently, the past couple of months, they realize that they want to make this the best possible situation that it can be. And so, you know, they're taking our input and they're trying to just make it for the best of both worlds, you know what I mean? The competition-wise, on the competitive side of things, and then as well for the viewers. So I, I think that they've been doing a pretty good job at it, to be honest, with the amount of stuff that's happened uh, recently. So it's definitely a good sign that they're, you know, they're wanting to make this as best as they possibly can. Yeah, no one really had a contingency plan in place for a global pandemic. Yeah, so who could have thought? <laughs> Yeah, it's it, it's been a lot of, you know, we're just going to figure this out on the fly. And it seems in general that most people are doing a pretty good job of it. So it's cool that, you know, at least team reps are being consulted and there's some input in there. As you look at this change to the champs format, a lot of the both these changes are sort of a return to Call of Duty's roots a little bit. An eight team playoff is pretty standard. You know, mm-hmm. eight teams seed them one to eight. They play straight through. And champs in the past was usually revolved around these Cinderella runs. Fans would get attached to some random team that came out of nowhere. And do you think this new format, which is pretty complicated and I can run through it, it's a double buy for the first and second seed teams, a single buy for the third and fourth seed teams, five, six, seven, eight compete in a winner's bracket. 
and then 9, 10, 11, and 12 start off in the loser's bracket. Do you think that addition of those extra four teams kind of creates that Cinderella run mentality a little bit that might not have been there with eight teams? Uh, it kind of does. I mean, I like I like that the fact that they expanded it to all 12 teams, right, because of the coronavirus and everything and it being, you know, the the regular season having to be online. So I I appreciate that, but I the format is just a little weird to me. It feels kind of wonky. I feel like that there it's like a it could be a Cinderella story, but you don't even get a fair opportunity, you know? Like the Cinderella story has to have time to develop and I feel like how the format is it's just going to be near impossible, you know? Like you got to be able to have the opportunity to at least make a mistake when you play in a tournament. You know, no no team ever plays perfect. And having to start kind of in that loser's bracket round one makes it so you live to have that Cinderella story that everyone loves, all the fans want to see every year. It, it makes it very hard. Right, especially when there's quite a bit of variance in individual matches. It's tough. And that's why double elimination has been such a popular format because – it's really, really tough to just win outright over and over again. Mm-hmm. I, if you I make any changes, what would you change? Um, now I'm not the best when it comes to bracket formats, so <laughs> I don't even know if what I'm about to say would even be possible. But just kind of thinking off the top of my head, if it were possible to somehow kind of have two two pools of six teams each to start off the tournament. Okay. Because I, I know champs in the past, it's normally like a what like a four or five day event, right? Uh, mm-hmm. The past Call of Duty champs have had the pool play, then you go on the winners, double M, you know, the, the basics. But if they could have some sort of two group stages, six teams in each, you know, you could seed them uh, from the, the points that we've accumulated in, in the regular season and then worked out a bracket like that. To where it's not just like, oh, yeah, you know, you were a bottom four seed in the online portion of the league. So you're just automatically in loser's bracket. Like, there has been multiple teams in the past that are way better in the LAN environment compared to online, right? And that could come down to multiple different things, you know, uh, where everyone's located. They don't have a good split compared to other teams, whatever the case may be. But so getting back to my point, if you could have kind of two groups every team plays uh, each other in their group once, and then you kind of go from there. You know what I mean? So at least, even if, I don't know how it will work out because it's 12-team bracket still, um, like teams would obviously then start and losers after that. It gives them a fair chance on land to not be in that position. You just right off the rip of the tournament, you know? I like it. I like it. Okay, let's, let's theory craft a little bit here. I'm thinking, so you want to do some, some aspect of the pool play. You could do three pools of four teams, and then could the do top that, yeah. two go into a six-team tournament where the one and two get a bye. Could work. The top two. Oh, okay. And then the, the so the the teams that get bottom two are just automatically out. I think so because you'd be doing pool play, so they'd yeah, all be able to yeah. play each of the other team in the pool. That could I work. mean that. Yeah, yeah, that could work. And that, like, there obviously then there becomes other issues, I guess, with, you know, three-way ties and 
whatever you know it can get a little confusing uh that's mm -hmm. happened a bunch in the past with pull play but i think at the end of the day if they did kind of tweak it to something along those lines whether it be like two groups um of six which obviously that might take a little bit longer um or like you said where you have the the three pulls of four teams like i just feel like everyone gets a fair chance you know and at the end of the day that is the most important thing when it comes to competition is everyone's on the same level field um and yeah i know people can argue that well the teams that got top two deserve a buy you know the teams that didn't perform in the regular season should start at a disadvantage i guess but like when you compare it to sports it doesn't matter if you go 16 and 0 or you're sneaking in the playoffs at 8 and 8 when you're in the playoffs it's it's fair for everyone um so i i would like to see it be like that i don't know if it will be but i think that would definitely be a great move not only for the competition uh and, and all the players but also for the viewers you know they if they're fans of a team that starts in losers bracket it's like dude they didn't even get a fair shot like they they could have potentially won this whole thing if they weren't automatically in there yeah, I don't think any Call of Duty fan is going to complain about having more matches between teams. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's literally more entertainment. Like, more storylines can happen. There's just the possibilities are endless uh, when there's more matches. And, you know, that's the other thing. It's it's like I think if you're uh, a top two seed, you can correct me if I'm wrong, you only have to win three series. That's correct. To, yeah. to, to win. And so it's like, once again, you know, there's the argument of, well, they deserve it. You know, they're a top two seed. But I think with how this year's went and the virus and they had to move it to online and yeah, they're doing a fantastic job with the regular season. Um, and I think a lot of the players couldn't be more thankful because, you know, if this wasn't a, a route, then we just wouldn't be playing at all. Um, we wouldn't be able to compete at all. So like you can make that argument, but I, I just feel like there needs to be more into it. You know, it's like, it's the, it's the champs. It's the biggest tournament of the year. And you could yeah, just win like three three measly matches and your your winners, I don't know. You mentioned the history of champs. In the past, champs has been this very, very complicated structure with pool play going in and some amateur teams coming out of it. You know, nobody was expecting amateur teams in a franchise league. I think for Call of Duty fans, having four or five days of Call of Duty competition that all ramps up was something everyone looked forward to each year. Yeah, I I definitely would agree with that. I mean, you know, just the, the biggest thing is because I, I get it, you know, this year it's obviously it is, you know, the professional league. So you're not going to have those amateur teams in it um, and really have those teams that can potentially make an upset, um, work their way in the bracket and like, you know, gain fans as the, the tournament's going on. But to go back, Sorry, I, I'm kind of bringing myself back to just the, the last topic as well. You could tie this in. Yeah. Is with how the format is now and starting a loser's bracket, you could almost look at that as if it was, you know, an underdog team. Because obviously they're going to be a bottom four team. But, like, imagine if they start out on fire and they win, you know, three series and then they, you know, they lose a close one and they're just out of the tournaments. Like, what if they were in winner's bracket off the start? Or what if there was a pool play 
and you know they like they got hot at the right time and you just won't get to see that you won't get to see those stories really unfold uh that you could see in the past whether it come from amateur teams in call duty champs or you know maybe underdogs uh that were in the pro scene but they weren't really viewed as contenders yeah i definitely i i hear what you're saying and thinking about the format more having a double buy into the winner's bracket versus having people compete starting in the loser's bracket is a pretty massive discrepancy mm-hmm. in starting position you know you we mentioned you have to win three games to win champs from a one or two seed but you can also lose one during that time yeah and i think you get a boat nine, the the nine ten eleven twelve seeds have to win six straight series which you know it's it's just like it, that to me, you don't see that in any other sport, you know, any other esport, any other sport. At least I don't. I mean, I could be completely wrong, but. Yeah, I can't. You, I can't think discrepancy, of discrepancy. Yeah, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Like I said, it doesn't matter. You know, you could look at March Madness, for example, if you're the first seed in, in your region, you don't have a double buy and you got to win only three, three games and you're champions, you know, Um because they give that opportunity for the upsets, you know, for that 14, 13, 12 seed to really make a run. And like, yeah, you still can do it. And I know that um, analogy kind of is different because it's a single limb anyways, but the whole point is it's single limb for everyone. It's fair. I think that at the end of the day, that's what should be the most important. Uh, for that event, especially because it is the like it's called the champs, like it is the biggest tournament all year. Um, and I, like I said, I I think that the CDL has done an unbelievable job of allowing us to continue to compete. You know, and they're doing everything that they can. But I do think that is one thing that they could work on. I think that you know might have been a little bit of a misstep. Like I said, there's a lot sm- a lot more smarter people out there that you know decide these things than me especially when it comes to that um and so i could be completely wrong it might not be possible what i'm even saying but i definitely think that they should try and and make it better than what it is right now for sure definitely i think there's there's valid critiques to be made and again we're changing things on the fly very quickly nobody's ever going to create a perfect exactly and that's why you got to give them the benefit of the doubt you know Mm -hmm. i i don't want to make it seem like like, you know, what are, what are you doing? Like, they have no idea what they're doing because they're doing a fantastic job. And I know it's got to be very stressful, very time consuming. You know, they have they have a, a deadline. You know, they have to figure all this out as soon as possible. And you know, there's a million other things going on in the world. Uh, so it makes it very difficult for sure. But I'm confident that, you know, they can they can change it in time. And even if they don't, you know, they still have done a great job. I would just like it to be because that's the, the end all be all right. No one really cares how many home series you win. It's all about who wins the biggest tournament. So for that to be as fair as possible, I think is essential. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And, you know, regardless of the structure, champs is going to come around and people are going to be hyped about it. So it's it's going to be great. But I, I do think, to your point, it watching the the team getting knocked out of the winner's bracket then making a run through losers and meeting up with the same team that knocked them out was like the quintessential storyline. Those matches were always just the most hyped. Uh, and it's, it's going to be tough if a 9, 10, 11 seed has that and they don't, they're not even playing 
a team that knocked him down there. So yeah, there yeah. may have been some way double limb tournament, but with some buys for the top teams, even a double buy for the one and two, there may have been some other way to figure that. But uh, we have the format we have, and uh, to be conscious of your time, we should probably stop theory crafting on any other yeah. to to improve. Hey, it. it's pretty fun though. I mean, you know, you got to think of ways that you can be creative to make this as competitive as possible. It is fun. I love brackets. I've hosted a March Madness bracket tournament since like sixth grade. And so my I just God, love you're OG. <laughs> OG with the March Madness brackets, my man. And after this podcast, I'm actually going to go fill out the CDL bracket, which you can do online. You can make predictions of the bracket and the seating, how it plays out. So you can check that out on the Call of Duty website, make some bracket predictions. I just love brackets. And so I think for for champs this year, I might have to do my own bracket competition, bring it over to the esports world. Hey, I'm in. Awesome. Send me one. As long as I can make Seattle first, I'll do it. I was going to say, that might be a little unfair. I'm not sure if that's like a little Pete Rose situation here with you. Uh... <laughs> yeah, cut. Never mind. I don't know. That's funny. Um, so I'm going to shift perspectives just a little bit. We're looking at Warzone. It's uh, Right now, Warzone is incredibly hot. Tifu's downloaded it. He's got one of the biggest channels, and he carries a lot of weight from the Fortnite to the Warzone world. Do you think we're seeing a little bit of the changing of the guard in the Battle Royale space? I'm looking at Twitch right now. Warzone and Fortnite up there as third and fourth most popular games, most viewed games right now. You think we're seeing uh, maybe a little transition as Fortnite's held that top spot for so long in the West that it might be Warzone's turn to take over? I mean, that's a good question. You know, Battle Royale obviously has been very popular now for, what, the past two years, I would say. Um, it's really kind of when it took over. Mm-hmm. Like uh, early 2018, I feel like. Yeah, it's it's such a weird conversation because there's obvious evidence that the viewers and the fans love Battle Royale, right? But on the competitive side of things, it just seems really hard to make a good competitive Battle Royale. And that's why, you know, you see a lot of these big streamers um, and big competitors in their respective game, whether it be Fortnite um, or, you know, even Warzone now, uh, there's PUBG, there's a bunch of them, is like they always kind of lose that passion because they feel like it just, it's so hard to make it a good, constructive, competitive game, like a, a competitive title. So if you're asking, you know, can it take over? on a tournament or a competitive side I, I just don't know you know we've seen the tournaments in the past and they've had a bunch of viewers a bunch of money but i just don't see the players liking it or, or being able to sustain competing in it you know you see so many good players who kind of just lose that fire because it's it's not the competition that they really need and i think a lot of that comes down to the RNG in those games, you know, um, I don't play many battle royales besides Warzone. So I think if the developers are able to make it to where they can limit the RNG and you can really make it um, more competitive, they could for sure take over. But right now, I still think it's in that weird medium where they don't really know what direction they want to go in. Right. There's so many things you have to answer with it in viewership angles. Okay, we'll take Fortnite. So the the upcoming Warzone weekend's 48 players. Fortnite competitions are 100. 
Who do you mm-hmm. focus on viewership wise? Uh, there's 30 people alive in the last second. How can you tell what's going on? And that's some of the questions that just haven't been answered. And then there's also, you know, the reason these games are so popular on Twitch, especially is because they're more relaxing FPS games. You can, you can interact with chat. You can look away in a multiplayer call of duty match. It's hard to find time to look away from the screen, read chats, read donations, but it's near impossible. Yeah. You know that if they wanted to take over, like that, I mean, they, they've already taken over viewership-wise, like I said, and, you know, everyone loves it. It's definitely a more relaxing, fun, fun game that you can play. But if they could, you know, maybe tweak how when you first fly into your destination, right, on whatever game, Warzone, Fortnite, you know, everyone starts with the same loadout off-rip. Um, you know, there's I love this. a consistent gas pattern or um storm whatever the case may be because like i i've played warzone a lot and you know i've watched a little bit of fortnite i've watched the warzone tournaments like there is a competitive aspect to it right on like you know your landing destinations um the areas on the map where you want to control uh rotating around the gas so like it has the foundation to be a, a pretty successful competitive game and really draw those competitive players, you know, into playing it and wanting to compete. But I feel like there is so, so much randomness going on. Like I said, it's, you know, it's a, it's a different circle. It's random RNG. So you can land at your same spot 10 times and have 10 different guns. And, you know, depending on what the, the enemy gets, that could be it for you. You don't even have a fair opportunity. So if they could make certain things more consistent, which they could, and th- and they could make it where how Warzone is doing it. I don't know uh, how Fortnite works when it comes down to like the players in the lobby, but like uh, like you said, like the 48 players, and if it, if it was like all pro players or pro teams, you know, or duos, whatever the case may be, um, it could really have some some fun viewership experiences, but also be very competitive and like in you you feel like you're in a competitive environment. When I watch these tournaments, it it just feels like another game to me, if that makes sense. I don't really feel like there's that edge, like that that hungerness, besides obviously the the millions amount of dollars that are, are poured into it. Yeah, I was gonna say the World Cup definitely had that, but I, I was at a Fortnite specific website for a long time and yeah, a lot of the competition struggled with that factor of like, okay, it's just not fair and then different people are winning. There's not really a clear top level which is yeah. a problem for an esport because if different people are winning every time it means that the person who's winning is not necessarily outplaying everyone there's a large amount of luck involved yep and and, and i feel like it from like a league standpoint it makes it very hard to try and build storylines for players mm-hmm. because like you said or like players and teams if a guy wins one tournament and then he gets like 72nd the next you know what I'm saying? It's so sporadic. It's it's like, is that guy really a top player? Like, do you want to try and build him into a a superstar, like an icon, you know, for, for the younger fans or what? It, it just, there's just so much that becomes very gray. And I think that is one of the main issues that a lot of battle royales would, would get into. Um, like I said, I haven't really watched many 
Fortnite tournaments or any other battle royale tournaments, but it just seems like there there would be too much going on with how their current setup is now. You know, they they definitely would need to make a few changes, and I think it could be possible. But I don't know if it if it could ever take over, especially like the the top dog competitive games. Um, I just definitely. I don't know. It's 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 more popular. It works better as a streaming game, as a casual streaming game, than a competitive esport. But I'm really excited for the event this weekend because I think it does a lot of things right. It brings the lobby size down to 48 players, and it's in squads. So that's actually just 12 teams as far as vantage point. You compare that to a Fortnite event that has 50 duos or 100 solo players. 12 teams is fairly manageable in terms of okay, here's a skirmish coming up. We could focus in on that. Exactly. Exactly. From a player yeah. perspective, are there different skills that go into being good at Warzone versus being good at multiplayer? Um, I mean, yes, because in Warzone, it's it's pretty much completely random, right? Like you have the RNG, un- unless you can get enough money to get your loadout. You have RNG guns off the start of the game. Um, you know the the plane. It, it comes in all different angles depending on the game. But when you're actually in the game, there's a million different spots an enemy can be, especially when there's 100 players or 150, whatever the case may be, right? Whereas on you know multiplayer, when you're playing 5v5, you can actually break down the map and, and break down certain scenarios. With Warzone the amount of scenarios that you would have to break down to really like understand it <laughs> is infinite. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's yeah. impossible to do that. Um, whereas in multiplayer and competitive, you can, uh, it's, and you're able to like improve from that. But the, the mentality in Warzone you can't really compare just like I said, because of how random it can be at times, you know, you can kind of have like uh, an ideal strategy in Warzone, like a, a basic concept of how you want to play the map, um, but it's way—it's a completely different ballpark. You know, you can't really break it down to the level that you would, and and get really into the specifics and create good strategy and 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 how to, you know, move around what's going on in front of you. Because you could break all that down, like I said. In Warzone, it's near impossible. You just you're running and gunning, or you're you're camping somewhere, playing playing the gas. You know, like there's no in between. I'm trying to picture a coach who's like trying to break down angles from one small section of the Warzone map, and just like throws his laptop away. It's just like this is oh, this is ridiculous. I'm it's, not. Yeah, it's, uh, I would I would instantly rage. But I am excited. For the tournament this weekend that you said, uh, you know, like the 12, 12 pro teams, 48 players, because it it lessens the amount of randomness uh, on the map, obviously, since there's less players, but also you're able to use sound teamwork and you know that um, you know that everyone that's playing in it has the same mindset. I know that sounds like counterintuitive because. It's like realistically, yes, it doesn't matter who's playing. They could play like Billy Bob Thornton, you know, and play the gas for the win. Um, But you know that all those players have that like competitive hunger, like to want to be better. 
So it's going to be a lot more legitimate fights than you would find just dropping in randomly or just into a random squads. Um, and it'll be cool to see how all the pro teams kind of go at all the bounties, you know, with uh, whether it's a bounty or it's a recon, whatever the case may be. So I, they're going to try, trust me, they're going to try to implement how they would play in multiplayer, but I don't know if it's going to pan out that well. Yeah, I'm stoked to watch it. I think it's really set up for a lot of success. It goes, it'll be the morning of the 24th, the final day of the Seattle home series. And it'll be just a nice like introduction competition where, okay, all the teams are competing, even the ones that were knocked out earlier in the weekend. And we're all just going to play Warzone and it's going to go into CDL. And I'm excited to watch the same players compete directly in a high level Warzone competition and then compete in cdl just to get a really good glimpse right. of how they play it how they play it differently I, I think it'll be you know i don't think we've ever had a, a comparison as closely as we're going to have a straight up warzone competition immediately leading in to a really high level cdl match i think it's going to be a cool cool like case study now see yeah I, I would agree with that it'll be interesting to see how teams personalities and play styles in multiplayer transfer over because, I, like I said previously, I think you will see that. You know, you'll probably see the phase guys trying to be super hyper aggressive, right, around the map. Uh, I don't know if you've been keeping up with with any of their players, but they play Warzone a lot, and they, you know, they go for the kill records, the really high kill engage or high kills, high engagements, all that. And then you might have other teams that play a more methodical and and sound gameplay in, in multiplayer and competitive that might try and transfer that over to Warzone on like. You know, if they want to hold certain buildings, certain areas of the map. Uh, so it'll definitely be fun and interesting because at the end of the day, we're all competitors. So every one of those players, you know, every one of those teams are going to want to win. But you're going to you're also going to see some fun involved. You know, there might be some some gas grenades, some C4s, some claymores, <laughs> you know, who knows? Uh, so I think that is going to be a good mix and it's going to be a good way to kind of bridge a lot of the viewers who love Warzone. You know, the Warzone has been popping off battle Royale, obviously with the viewership, a lot of people love watching it. So to kind of cross populate the competitive side of things with Warzone, I think is going to be great for call of duty and who knows, like it might blossom something into the future to where Warzone might try to be able, or Call of Duty might try to make Warzone the first Battle Royale that is super focused on being as competitive as possible and, and kind of, you know, bridge that gap. So it'll be interesting to see. I think it really starts with this weekend. It's going to be such a strategy-intensive Battle Royale to the point that I'm not sure we've ever seen it played like this. We're talking half the lobby. I think Warzone's normally eighty, though, right? Uh, or is it? 100? I think it. I think it's a hundred. Oh, 100. is it? Okay. For some reason, I had eighty. I could mind. be wrong, but I mean, it's definitely a lot more. Regardless, it's, it's, it's a lot more, and every player in the lobby is good, which is a really important thing. You can't yes. just go run up on people because exactly kind of get because people can yeah they can shoot back. They have very good aim, and. I think that's we're going to see a lot of a lot of recons that like with all the bounties and everything out there. I think that is one thing that Warzone, at least from my understanding, because uh, like I said, I don't really play or watch Fortnite anymore to other battle rounds, uh, has done that is 
is great for the competitive side of things because it kind of went back to how I was talking about how the gas moves. Like, I think you're going to see people take those into accountability and really use it toward their advantage, right? Whether it be a bounty, it's like, okay, I'm set up here. Ooh, I have a bounty on, say, Silly's Head. So realistically, I know Minnesota's in that area, right? Um, or or that, then it becomes mind games. It's like, is Silly baiting us in? Is Minnesota, you know, uh, in other buildings? Are they in different parts of the map? Uh, and then as well as recons, you're going to see teams try to get recons to see where they can set up. You know, it's almost like rotating to the new hill in, in competitive side of things. So I, I think that that's something that Warzone has done a great job on. And it, like, it's just going to be fun to watch to see how a lobby of pro players and pro teams approach Warzone. You know, and I think a lot of the fans and viewers are going to take a step back and be like, wow, this is almost like a completely different game than what, what I'm used to playing. Or, or watching from, you know, big-time streamers. Yeah, because streamers want as many kills as possible. That's, like, yeah, their goal yeah. going in. They're like, oh, got to get a 30. Like, got to – that's that's what looks good in the Twitch title. Or right? hit crazy clips, right? Like, crazy yeah. snipes or make crazy plays. Like, when this is going to be literally all for the win. So, it's going to be fun, man. I'm, I'm excited for it. Me too, me too. And you can watch that competition May 24th before the CDL kicks off. Again, that's on youtube.com slash COD League. Be sure to check it out because it's going to be a very unique Battle Royale experience. Something that even Fortnite has never really been able to replicate as they've done 100 people. It's going to be slow, it's going to be methodical, it's going to be very strategy heavy. And it's definitely going to have some pretty awesome moments involved. So be sure to check that out on Sunday morning. Well, hey, we already ran over the 30 minutes that you were going to give me. I appreciate it. Flew by. It. Flew by, my man. Flew by. It was great talking to you. One of my favorite episodes we've recorded so far. A very fitting 100th episode. Thanks so much for coming on. Can you plug your social channel, Seattle Surge, COD League, whatever you want to plug, my man? Got you. First, before I plug all that, I want to say thank you, Mitch. Uh, and congrats on the 100th episode. I'm glad that I could be, you know, you're saving the best for last. So, well, not last, but for the first big milestone, I will say we'll switch the quote up a little bit. But um, so congrats to that. I had a blast, you know, just kind of chopping it up with you and make sure for everyone out there watching to go ahead and follow my Twitter, twitter.com slash enable. Uh, I got my, let me throw my Instagram in there, instagram.com slash Ian enable. Um, and then we also have, the COD League, which I'm pretty sure, let me double check. I'm pretty sure it's just COD League, right? Twitter.com slash COD League. Pretty sure, yes. yeah. COD League. Uh, Twitter.com slash Seattle Surge. For my team, we do have the Seattle homestand happening this weekend. Very excited to be back on the starting lineup and competing. Um, and I'm, I'm just excited. I'm, I'm thankful that you had me on the show. And who knows? Maybe I'll be back in the future. Maybe you're 200th. You could just have me every, every <laughs> huge milestone. I just have to get 99 episodes down and I'll invite you hey, right back. I won't forget you at all. I promise, my man. Hey, dude, I appreciate you. You were a great guest and I appreciate you really just, yeah, chopping it up with me. I think this was a great episode. I know our listeners are going to appreciate it. So follow him. I'll link all those social channels down in the description of this podcast. Be sure to follow them all. Why aren't you already? It doesn't make any sense. Thank you again to our guest, Enable. Thank you so much for joining the show, man. It was great talking to you. For our listeners, our 101 episode, Jason Lake, the CEO of Complexity. So be on the lookout for that. 
in a few days.